wait a minute. You like wrestling. Of course I like wrestling. That's why I hate it. Outlaws. Wrestling is better than the things you like. Outlaws. You'll take those rattlesnake fangs and you'll stick them right in my ass. What? Welcome to episode 47 of the Middle-Aged Outlaws podcast. Today we're going to be talking about Vengeance 2001, I think the only pay-per-view in WWF history, Adam, where it is centred around the crowning of of the very first ever undisputed champion in WWF history. However, the main storyline is about a billionaire getting his ass kissed. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. But yeah, this is my choice, Vengeance 2001. I was looking forward to... I think, I think I've think i fond memories of this one. I, th- I want to say that this was a Channel 4 pay-per-view back when we were youngsters. Okay, nice. Back when they were doing that. Um, and I, I have fond memories. I've just recently read a couple of Chris Jericho's books and he touches on some things around this time, which was quite an interesting thing to to have watched this and, and be reading that at the same time. So, yeah. How are you anyway? You're right. I'm doing okay, thanks. How are you? I'm all right, thanks. When did you watch Vengeance? Is it fresh in the mind? Yeah, I watched it on Thursday, Thursday night. Um, I had my plans. I was going to do it a couple of nights earlier, and then uh, myself and my wife found something we both wanted to watch on the telly, which doesn't happen all that often, so that kind of derailed the plans. But yeah, last Thursday, so only a few days ago, not too bad. Are you telling me that she was not going to be into this? Imagine, imagine how that because hold on, I'll start again. I was going to say, are you telling me she's not going to be into this? And then I remember sitting watching this, and my wife walked in. She walked in smack bang. At the time where we got the video package where all the different people, Vince was going to have to kiss all the different people's asses. And I remember, uh, I said to her, watch this, watch this, and rewind it, and she just shook her head and left the living room. It's, it's, it's a tough sell. I mean, if somebody's not a wrestling fan trying to explain some of this shit, it's, it's not easy. Uh, only, only in WWF could we be looking at crowning a historic champion like this and and the main thread be Trish or The Rock or Rikishi's ass or Vince's <laughs> ass for that matter. Um, this this pay-per-view is quite interesting at the point and in, in where it took place. Obviously, I think we discussed last time, it's just post-invasion. Um, really interesting to kind of reflect on some of the the way that people have almost immediately turned heel and or babyface mm-hmm. almost directly after um, the whole invasion stuff was sort of wrapped up. Then the next night we've got um, Undertaker, Jericho turning heel. You got Austin. You know, people just forgot what Austin just did for the last seven months yep. and, are, and are uh, cheering him. It's a really funny time, um, but I'm sure we'll, I'm sure we'll dip into that as we go along. Yep. <laughs> um, talking of which, let's let's jump into December two thousand and one. Uh, I, I don't think there's much going on. At this time of year, uh, which is a funny thing, but I was trying to look back at what was going on in wrestling in, two, in December 
2001. Obviously, there's no WCW at this point. There's no ECW. There's no much going on at all. Um, but here's what I do have. Uh, it was the film premiere at Ocean's Eleven. Okay. That sounds that that feels so, like such a long time ago. It does. Yeah, that's weird. Uh, mm. Film premiere at Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring. Okay. And the film premiere of A Beautiful Mind. Hmm. Starring Big Russell Crowe. Yeah. Want to see him in a wrestling ring. Um, some albums released around this time. Stomatic by Nas. Jay-Z's MTV Unplugged album. Do you remember that? I don't. Yeah. I don't. No. I, I can't now think how that could possibly be a thing. I, I definitely owned it, but I don't remember any of this. I, you know, I don't remember listening to it, actually. Maybe okay. one of the things where it sounded cool, but... Yeah, uh, Iron Flag by Wu Tang Clan as well came out around about this time. Uh, and a famous birth of Billie Eilish. Okay. Do you know who that is, Adam? I, I've heard the name. Okay. I'm not familiar with their work, but I've heard the name. Fair dues. Uh, music, UK charts number one. What do you reckon? Right, so I've tried and put myself in the moment. This would have been the end of my last full year as a student loving life i'm gonna say it's definitely definitely 21 seconds by so solid crew wow that's 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 wrong i wonder when that came out is that around about that time do you know i I think i was maybe maybe i just finished being a student maybe that's 2002 Mm. damn (sighs) to look that romeo done uh, it is Gotta Get Through This by Daniel Bedingfield, which I feel like was at number one for quite a long time. Yeah, we all had to get through that. Indeed. Uh, <laughs> uh, in the US, I could I could give you some clues because that was unfair. I'll give you no clues. Uh, R&B singer, female R&B singer. Um, she may or may not have performed at a Super Bowl. That's too much. Beyonce? No. Oh man! She may have recently appeared at Super Bowl. Who's recently appeared at the halftime shows at Super Bowls? Damn it! I I I know Rihanna's doing the next one, so I'm assuming she hadn't done one before. She wouldn't have been around then. That's too long ago. Oh, She's a baby. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna have to give up on that. Okay, so the, the artist was Mary J. Blige. She was. Oh. Um, she performed at the one that drain snoop. Of course, and she did. Say yeah. um, with family affair. Okay, it's quite a big one, I think. Uh, movies, UK box office, um, round about Christmas time, two thousand and one. Come on, Adam, I believe in you. <laughs> I wondered if you were trying to give me a hint by saying round about Christmas time, but it's not a Christmas it. film. Yeah, okay. <laughs> But okay. I, I associate these films, oh, these films, is it, uh, with Christmas time? But the, I mean, the only franchise, uh, no, no, it's not Die Hard. Um, right, wow. Wait a minute, you associate these with Christmas. Doesn't mean they're anything to do with Christmas. Ah, God damn it. There's, um, there's how many of them is there? I think there's seven, but the last one's split in two said too much is is it like are we are, are we talking quest or wizardy yes <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, I couldn't tell if you're going Harry Potter or Lord of the Rings. Harry Potter. So, so the film film premiere Lord of the Rings was only out, only happened in December oh. this year. So, oh, so you know. So, so it's so it's a Harry Potter film. It is. Have it's a one of the Harry Potter films. Harry <laughs> Potter and the Foreign Object. I, I, I the Crimson Mask. Oh, that that's such a good name. Is <laughs> it? Yeah. I was going to say Philosopher's Stone because it's the only one that's jumping into my head. That's what it was. Oh, amazing. Well amazing. Played. I mean, uh, yeah, I, I, there was quite a big assist there. I, I, I can't really claim the glory. But I, I don't picture you sitting watching Harry Potter films. So. I've seen one once. Um, I was kind of tricked into going to the cinema, but Damn. didn't realise. How's that, that happen? So like, I was like in a blindfold situation. I was I was visiting a friend and uh, it was in London. He was like, "Oh, we'll go to the cinema." And I was like, "Oh, okay." And then I found out that he meant with his sister and their kids. I thought we were going to go and see something oh, like come on. Rocket. Some catfish. We 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 ended up seeing a Harry Potter film. Nice. Yeah. Uh, U- U.S. box office. I've actually Bad mentioned it already. No, oh. nice. <laughs> I definitely don't think that that came out in two thousand one, but. That's, I, love, I love the confidence. You've mentioned it already. Ocean's Eleven. Yes, 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 yes. Well done. So, so that's that it. Over. Well done. That, that's December two thousand eleven, um, and with that, we can jump straight in to Vengeance two thousand and one. And for the sh- the sharp eye amongst you, Adam, you'll notice that the whole graphics and stage are all set around sledgehammer type themes. <laughs> Yeah, this this kind of confused me right from the off. <laughs> the poster's got Triple H on it as well. It, it does, yeah. I, I don't know what his timeline was because I, I remember him. He's back for the Rumble, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think he does that famous Raw return mid January or something like that. Okay, so were they expecting him to be featuring on this show? Yeah, so apparently um, they got their timelines they didn't get their timelines wrong they optimistically thought he'd be back for this okay and it wasn't different day and age as, as far as you I've, know like promotion and uh, yeah i've i've heard it said a few times by i think usually bruce pritchard that they used to have to get the stuff like the images and all that to the uh whoever was doing their marketing so early that if plans change, then there's a risk that things don't necessarily make sense at times based on the what you've what you've gone with. Talk about a risk for for a a billionaire madman that changes his his mind <laughs> on a whim. That's unbelievable, really. Yeah, to think that. But yeah, so we get we got a cool video package to start off with. I, 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 um, I've got a wee note here saying anything with Freddie Blassie, where he's sitting and talking. As in black and white, reels me in straight away. You know oh, it's going to be epic. I used to love those. They used to do them quite often. A lot of shows, I think, around mm. this era had that at the start. It made it somehow feel important. And Definitely. I, it's, it, it, I got the hit of nostalgia when, when I saw that. It's nice. Um, and also, it's quite rare to see them embracing professional wrestling. Um, a lot of old and it made sense we're obviously talking about unifying wcw and the wwf title it's a big yeah. deal um but it's really nice to see it even going through like goldberg kevin nash but way mm-hmm. way before that i guess with bruno sammartino yep. um and 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 lots of legends like that it's really cool yep 
Um, so we are in San Diego, California. We've got JR and King on commentary. I want to say this is the King's first pay-per-view back after wow. um, standing up for his wife and, and walking out and then apparently uh, having to grovel and t- get his job back <laughs> after she left him. And <laughs> yeah, <awkward. laughs> That was Miss Kitty, wasn't it? Yeah, and I'm pretty sure it was JR that had to let her go as well. And, uh, oh, God. Sure, I read really? about yeah. that in JR's book. Um, and he's like quite good friends with King, not just a work buddy, quite good friends with him and basically told one day, yeah, she has to go. You have to do it. That's all right. Great. Brutal. <laughs> Apparently, um, the King had said to the WWF management that he had a standing offer from WCW mm-hmm. and uh, he could walk out any time and be on Nitro the next night and they'd said, mm, I wouldn't do that. I would not do that. And then everything oh. that transpired, transpired. That is bad timing to try and use that that leverage. It's like the road dog thing about being backstage trying to get a job at the last night. (laughs) Damn it. (laughs) These people are crazy. Um, So we're immediately into the pay-per-view and we get a Vince promo. Um, What did you think about opening with a Vince promo? I, I used to always be fine with opening with a Vince promo, but this is where there's some issues starting for me and I suppose it does plant a seed that maybe you need to be aware of later on but god it does feel like it's we've we've got the unification of the titles and that should be more than enough to be your selling point for a show but mm. there's this situation with Vince and he's been given a, a stink face and the rock is humiliated him and that's fine because he's a participant and it will feed into it but I kind of felt like it was almost trying with a bit of a silly storyline to overshadow everything that was going on. I used to be absolutely fine with him turning up and then you'd have him healing out and and being that kind of character at the start of shows it was quite common but I don't know I found it a wee bit irritating here. Do you know what's funny is I feel like this show meant more to me than it actually meant to WWF Mm -hmm. like and to fans generally, I think fans are probably more interested in this whole thing of like the undisputed championships being being put together mm-hmm. um, than them. They don't seem. Uh, I get the impression from listening to various podcasts and reading various things. They didn't really seem to care that yeah. much. It was like, how do we get from here to like onto WrestleMania, onto the Royal Rumble, onto WrestleMania? Mm-hmm. It's quite odd. Yeah. Uh, it should be a really special show yeah I, I remember being shocked when i was younger and when this was happening that this wasn't like a wrestlemania you know unify mm-hmm. the titles out of wrestlemania um because it to me same as you i think it, it seems like it should be important it feels like it should be important um our whole fandom and i suppose you can maybe take uh ECW a little bit into account, but almost all of it was WWF, WWE, WCW. It was two mm-hmm. companies, and they each mm-hmm. had a world champion, and you've bought that company. You've, in theory, had all their performers move across that were willing to move across at that time. You had the world champion come across. It feels like it should be a huge thing. And that that world champion... I mean, he, did, he didn't get buried in the invasion, but he certainly wasn't put over as a world yeah. champion. Yeah. Should be either. You, would, you wouldn't remember it because he was the champ, WCW champion. No. He came over, I don't think. Yeah. Anywho, we, we start out with a tag team match. Quite an odd 
um, combination of folks. We've got Scotty Too Hotty and Albert, who uh, they have taken to being called the Hip Hop Hippo, um, which I wondered if they didn't have Triple H on the show. I wonder if this was their way of having a Triple H on the show. Mm. The Hip Hop Hippo um, taking on Test and Christian, who at this point, both of these two had joined the Alliance. Test yeah. had maintained, kept his job because he had won a Battle Royal. Yeah, um, an immunity battle royal, and he actually took Scotty Too Hot's place in that battle royal. Yeah, long term storytelling, pal. Controversial. And then um, Christian was European champion, and that's why he kept his job. Uh, what did you think our opening match here? Sometimes we've been blown away by our opening matches. Sometimes we've been really let down. What do you think? Ah, I, I always like seeing Christian. <laughs> it's always good when you start <laughs> with ah. <laughs> It had Christian in it. So, you know, that's that's a bonus. It wasn't for me one of those opening matches that's going to really get you into the event, make you really enthusiastic for what's to come. Um, but I did, I did like right at the start, Vince has been doing his, his thing about, uh, you know, having the, the stink face done to him, courtesy mm. of The Rock and Rikishi, and he's having a real moan and complain and all that. And then the music hits because... Uh, the, the match is ready to get going and Scotty and Albert are dancing at Vince when he's still in the ring. And he, Amazing. Does, he does a really good job of seeming incredibly pissed off with that. <laughs> Class. Fair play to Albert. Like, he's just he's just doing whatever they give to him, doing his yeah. dance moves and that. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it, wasn't, it wasn't a classic. There were a few things that, that stood out to me. I, f- I found it a bit weird seeing uh, Albert and Test on opposing sides in a tag match. Um, That felt quite weird. They told the story about Test and they went in the immunity battle royal um, and uh, you know, it feels like they're going somewhere with that. Um, Scotty takes quite a bit of punishment in this match. Mm -hmm. Poor Scotty. Um, And you know, it's such a weird thing because it does feel like they massively put over the power of Albert at times but they've got him doing this weird gimmick. feels strange it does. Uh, he's got his big moments where he squashes test and christian in the corner what i did not expect is albert started doing the swing on christian so yes. the cesaro swing and I, I'm, I'm watching this thinking he stole that cesaro stole that i was a little bit blown away by that i, I <laughs> do not remember albert doing that ever Jake, it was like one spot and he got absolutely roasted backstage and he was like, nah, can't do that again. What are you doing? <laughs> Poor Christian, the first ever to take it. <laughs> uh, this this match got... seemed to be built around the worm a little yes, bit. Yes, it was. Which is fine. And I don't know if you noticed, as soon as the, their music or Scotty Too Hotty's music hit, the crowd are electric. They absolutely go crazy. I'm sure we've had a, a too cool opening match before <clears throat> and the crowd go mad round about this time for them. Um, yeah. They maybe thought they were getting Rikishi. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Like, I, I remember liking um, Scotty Too Hotty and uh, Grandmaster Sexy when they were the, the combination. Just... Uh, I never took them too seriously. They just were what they were, and it kind of worked. Mm. Um, but then I suppose he always just felt like he was going to be a tag guy forever, I think, Scotty. Um, 
Christian goes for the worm. He tries the worm, doesn't he? But it goes wrong. He does. Um, yeah. yeah, I think I think Albert interrupts him. Yeah. Um, but as Albert smashes Christian test with that big boot of his, takes out Albert, um, which allows Scotty to line him up for the worm, um, and and the uh, the crowd go absolutely crazy for that. We get the. Cl- is that a close fall? Is that a close fall from the worm? And then the Baldo bomb, and then essentially yeah. that's it. Yeah. Yeah. When I first heard them say Baldo bomb, I was like, did I pick that up right? And is is it because he's bald? Is that you know? Is this? I, I couldn't quite grasp why it was called that, but I didn't know if it was just because he was bald. I'm insulted by that, to be honest. I mean, you can't just pick <laughs> things about people, and I don't know what. But you're you being proud. You're you're owning it. You know, that's I, I'm still trying to lie to myself and everyone else. <laughs> Do you think Lord Tensai was owning it? Isn't um, it weird how he was bald, but then he was, well, I suppose, I mean, that happens as you get to a certain age. True. But then, do you remember when he came back as Lord Tensai and they, they, um, they like, waxed him 40-year-old virgin style and he looked really pink and just wrong? Yeah, what was that about? I think he became a trainer, didn't he? Uh, he's supposed to be a really good trainer. I think mm-hmm. he might still be. Yeah. Okay. Is, is he Matt Bloom, right? Yeah. Yeah. Right. So anyway, eh, the one, two, three for Albert and Scotty Too Hotty, the hip hop hippo, um, gets the win. And it's a weird way to have the European title on your show, but they've got a giant roster at this point, so let's yeah. not complain too True. much. We go backstage with the coach, who is with William Regal. Coach uh, suggests that that William Regal's methods recently have been questionable. Um, I guess we're leaning into Brass Nuck's territory. Yeah. Uh, Regal's coming off being, I think he was a WCW commissioner after a run as WWF commissioner or Alliance commissioner. Um, no idea how he maintained his job. Actually, they don't they don't explain that one. Yeah. Um, Regal suggests that the coach is a silly pillock. Yeah, yeah, they used to play on that kind of thing quite a lot in the, these these William Regal days. I, it made me laugh, but it was <laughs> it made me laugh to too. I, I think um, we've spoken about this before, but as you get older, you appreciate different things. I think I appreciate Regal much more seeing these things looking back than I did at the time. I think I maybe mm-hmm. thought it was a bit boring. Yeah, I think I was the same. I kind of always questioned why he was so prominent, why he would be on the pay-per-views and things like that when he just seemed like a, I don't know, kind of glorified jobber almost. Mm. Um, But yeah, definitely more appreciation uh, as I've got a bit older. So the former Alliance Commissioner is taking on Edge for his Intercontinental Championship. Um, Edge, at this point, split from Christian, obviously, who had went off and joined the Lions. It's a bit boring here, probably. Yeah, I think we've talked before about both kind of preferring him when he's a heel. Um, mm-hmm. No much character just, to him. Yeah, there's just not an awful lot going on here. Women scream and he wears latex jackets mm-hmm. or whatever the hell that is. I mean, what is that? You'd uh, think when he stopped being a vampire that he would have ditched that. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I always think when I see him in this kind of role that Christian was clearly carrying him the whole time from like a personality point of view. I agree. Yes. Just just thinking about that actually. Testing Christian, what a tag team. They, oh, yeah. they should have done yeah. something with that. 
the testicles and the peeps. I mean, that that could have worked, but it may have only got this match. That might have been it. We could we do a full deep dive on the next episode of testing Christian's tag team run. (laughs) Uh, What did you think of Edge against William Regal for the Intercontinental title? Ah, um, (laughs) Yeah, it didn't really do an awful lot for me. Like this, again, this version of Edge doesn't grab me. He's just kind of there. They they tell the story of the fact he has unified the Intercontinental and US titles by beating Test Survivor Series. Um, They mention the fact that Regal is a fully signed up member of the Vince McMahon Kiss My Ass Club. (laughs) Would that Um, be how he kept his job? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think that was right. I think he was maybe the first person to do it. I've got got that in my mind. Um, Yeah. I quite often enjoy a, a Regal match when he's in there against um, someone a bit more, I don't know if the right word's modern in their style, like like Edge is, whose Regal style's pretty unique. Old um, fa- aye, it's definitely unique, old-fashioned. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I always feel, feel like that that stands out. Um, and they're both performers I like, just for, for whatever reason, this one just didn't grab me as, as I was watching it. What about you? Yeah, I, I quite enjoyed Regal's style in this match. Like, I, I do quite now seem to enjoy that sort of awkward, like it doesn't all flow, it's not all mm-hmm. choreographed and, and beautiful to look at. It's very awkward and um, yep. some of the, the moves look difficult and like there's not much, um, you know, they're not working together. There's a few times, uh-huh. I think he hits like three different Northern Light suplexes and they all look like he actually has to lift them and do the, the work uh-huh. for it. Yeah, um, so I quite liked that, um, but I mean, generally, it, it wasn't a great match or anything like that. I sometimes get a bit bored watching guys like Edge. Um, I think sometimes, if I don't know if it's just a perception that they've come through WWE the whole way and, and been taught how to have a certain match, and it's mm-hmm. just all sometimes gets a bit formulaic. I, I sometimes think that about Orton as well. Yeah. It's just a bit vanilla. Yeah, I get that. Um, but the, the the whole sort of focus of this is the brass knucks again, and mm-hmm. um, we're waiting for. I think do we get a ref bump? Um, yeah. So they, they they were kind of telling the story as they go because the ref does quite a what looks to be a thorough job of checking right. Regal at the start yeah, of the right. match, um, and King's selling it as yeah he's not got anything he's you know he's clean he never cheats. Um, and you're then, I think, from that point onwards, just waiting for for the twist. And I didn't mind the way the twist happened. Yeah. I, I hadn't really seen that uh, in that same way before. So yeah, there's a. Um, I think they end up brawling on the outside. Uh, Edge sends Regal out to the floor. Edge goes for the spear on the outside, but hits the steps. I think the ref is he maybe checking on Edge at that point uh, and Regal walk, walks around to one of the turnbuckles uh, on the outside and he's reaching in um, to the area just at the, the top of the ring um, and he he finds a, a set of brass knucks and King keeps selling it as well. What are they doing there type thing? Uh, when obviously your your belief is to be that Regal has planted them there for, for use later on. Yeah. Uh, but at that point, he takes them and puts them in his uh, his trunks, which have already been checked by the ref. 
um, so he's not going to check them again, which uh-huh. makes sense. And I, I, I thought at that moment, because this was one of the shows, I, I try to do this as often as I can with not checking who actually wins the match when I'm about to watch. Mm, and I kind of thought he was going to win, be the heel, cheat to win, um, walk away with the title, and then it'd be about Edge chasing to, to try and win it back. But but no, no. No, speed out of nowhere, essentially. Um, when he pops on the knucks and he, he's, he's going to go and hit it, and, and Edge hits a spear. And a really sort of quick finish out of nowhere these days that would be the spear and a kick out and then perhaps another four <laughs> finishing moves educator education edge 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 things and, and, and then he would maybe get the win but yeah edge retains on the next um not bad well, who does edge face at wrestlemania 18 i was trying to remember because regal ends up with intercontinental title he opens it against rvd um, right. I could not remember at all if even Edge Edge must be on WrestleMania 18, you would think. Eh? Let me just quickly check. I remember I was... that Regal RVD quite clearly. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know if it's just because it's the show opener. Um, I think Edge... Regal opens WrestleMania 17 against Jericho, and that's how I remember it, because mm-hmm. it then opens against RVD the next year. Uh, Edge faces Booker T. Oh wow! Oh, is this over like a hair product or I something think like it that? It is, yeah, an God endorsement deal or something yes. like that. Yeah, nonsense, man. Yeah. <laughs> oh dear. So um, we go backstage with uh, one of my favourite backstage. Uh, I think there's two really good backstage uh, encounters between Flair and, and and different people on this pay per view, and I love them both. Flair at this point can do no wrong for me. This is the perfect <laughs> role for him. Yeah, I don't know what it is. He's just playing everything really straight, mm-hmm. uh, very earnest. Uh, I love it. So we got Flair backstage in his in his office. At this point, he is fifty percent owner of WWF. He yep. bought Shane and Stephanie's ownership stakes yep. or or whatever um, when they sold to buy ECW and WCW. And he, he waited to tell everybody that until the invasion was over, like the next night after the invasion, which was really neat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to do that. <laughs> um, so anyway, we've got a bit of Vince and Flair uh, feuding going on. Um, so so Flair's in his office. Angle comes in, and Flair just straight up treats him like a child. Like how how if I couldn't be bothered with my child getting in an argument with me, but they're desperate for an argument. And Angle saying, "I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do something that you've never done before, Flair. I'm, I've been an Olympic gold medalist." He's like, "That's really cool, Kurt. That's really cool. I'm gonna be the first ever undisputed champion. I, I bet you are. I, I think you, I think you'll do really well. Well, good for you. you know, that's, that's amazing. It, it, it was really well done. Like, and, and he's so Angle's so like sincere in his." <laughs> determination <laughs> to convince <laughs> Flair that he's going to do this. And it's almost like, he's not doing this physically but verbally, it's almost like Flair's patting him on the head and yeah. saying, yeah, yeah, you do That's that. Good, you good know? for you. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Angle's getting redder and redder and redder. <laughs> That's class. Kurt Angle's brilliant. Eh? Uh, he, he, he can kind of do everything which was the brilliant thing there's the mm-hmm. comedy there's the serious wrestling machine there's the scared heel you know he, he can kind of do it all but yeah i i love the segment as well and there, there's part of me that's so used to when i see flair 
in a segment I'm a bit like, oh. <sighs> but yeah, it, it works on this show, it really works. He's not doing like the limousine riding stuff here. He, he's yeah. he's doing he's just being this. He's playing the actual role of of what he's supposed to be. Mm -hmm. uh, really refreshing, actually. Yeah. Um, we jumped to another bit backstage where we see Matt Hardy walking into Lita's dressing room. She is wearing what I've written here as the second most revealing referee uniform in WWF history, after Shawn Michaels. Ah. Of um, she is going to be the guest referee between Matt and Jeff Hardy uh, in their blood grudge match. Um, and that's next up. And I, I think essentially Matt's saying, like, call it down the middle and we'll we'll go away and, and celebrate after I've beaten Jeff and, and Lita's caught in the middle between the two brothers. Mm -hmm. Is that fair to say? Yeah, I think there's a... I don't know, there's a feel of a bit of a nudge and a wink from Matt in the way that he's saying it all, um, but Lita a bit more sincere in our... No, I, I, I am. I am going to be calling this down the middle. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, they were obviously she she came through with them as the tag team. They, they must have been on screen together, the three of them, for quite some time by this point. Mm -hmm. um, so it's established and it's... Um, I actually really like the story between Matt and Jeff because I felt like it made sense. Um, yeah, me too. Brilliant. Yeah. Like this, it, um, we we get a really, really good package, video package before their match. This to me felt like a WrestleMania match. Yeah. yeah. As far as the build up was concerned, the storyline. Um, and I, I think you've touched on this before. Like, I, I don't know if you'd go so far as to say Jeff's the, the face and, and Matt's the heel here, mm -hmm. but Matt's definitely given off heel tendencies in the match. Yeah. Um, and just by proxy like jeff is the face because people you know like the girls scream from in the crowd and all that sort of stuff mm -hmm. um, yep. and he does all the crazy stuff but uh, you've said before the best heels are the ones that believe what they're mm -hmm. saying and what they're doing yeah and I, I was i sided with matt here like jeff yeah. diving off cages and throwing away matches yeah yeah completely and sided with him. It's totally believable because you can sense the real frustration from Matt that they, he feels that they haven't achieved what they could have because Jeff just Jeff puts the spotlight above winning with mm -hmm. his brother. Uh, so yeah, you can you can sympathise with it and you can see the reason why Matt is so annoyed and frustrated with him, but at the same time there's there's this this like enigmatic quality about Jeff. And he did that, but that's what people want him to do. Nobody mm -hmm. wants him to be the guy that's sensible and does the thing to win the match. They want him jumping off tall shit. That's that's who he yeah. is. I can vividly remember that match that they had with the Dudleys on, on Raw for the tag team titles in the cage where Matt climbed out and then Jeff was on the top and Matt's going, come on, <laughs> just climb down. And instead he dives off and, and Devon moves off the table and the Dudleys end up winning the titles. Yeah, um, yeah. I was, I was like, oh, this match. I, I had a feeling that this match might be a disappointment, maybe a bit meh. But after watching the package, I was like, yes, I am yeah. into this. I don't really care if this match is any good because I'm kind of into this storyline. So, um, I yeah, I, I was similar, and I I did quite enjoy the match. Um, you know, matches. There's a focus on Lita because will she in any way favor? her real life partner and the relationship everyone knows about at this stage um 
and she's saying she's going to call it down the middle. And I think, well, she tries to the entire duration of the match. She tries Ashton, to call it down the yeah. middle. Yeah. There is a lot of focus on that. And I ended up when I was watching it thinking, did it need it? Could it just have been a normal ref in the match? And um, I can see why they did it. But yeah, I... I enjoyed the story. I enjoyed the match. I feel I, I'm not sure where they kind of go from here, um, because it's obviously the end. The way the match concludes sets up there to be more going on within this story with the three people. Yeah. But uh, I couldn't think where it actually goes from here. Nah, me neither. I, I, I can't remember at all. I was going to say I think Matt takes on uh, Rey Mysterio. At, um, the WrestleMania, but that's yeah, nineteen. Yeah, that's, that's 19. nineteen. Yeah. Yeah. Um this this is a bit like Edge v Christian in that these guys have had absolutely crazy, amazing matches. Um and then they get in the ring together and you expect them they've probably been having the same match or matches their whole life since they were ten year old. Mm-hmm. But they get yeah. in the ring and it looks a little bit sloppy and almost uh-huh. like they don't have very good chemistry. So weird. Yeah, I suppose they. Um, you you, you kind of think with what you hear about the the fact they what was it like they had a wrestling ring in their backyard and stuff like that, and they were they kind of running their own mini promotion when they were teenagers. Um, you kind of would expect that they must have opposed each other a lot at <laughs> uh, that time, um, unless I don't know they. They were tagging together in that environment. <laughs> Seems unlikely, but yeah, um, yeah. I did notice a few things with the chemistry because the the commentators kind of oversell it a little bit with the oh, you know, they they know each other better than themselves and things like that, and and those kind of comments about you're then expecting probably everything to look really seamless mm-hmm. um, with with that kind of build and that that thought beforehand. I didn't mind it as a match. I, I really liked the story, um, but yeah, I, I, I didn't mind it as a match. I did like that at one point, um, Jeff hurt his knee th- uh, during the match by doing something flashy, um, and it's and it's almost like proving Matt's point about him. He would mm-hmm. he, he values the the sort of crazy uh, adrenaline type moves over, you know, like actually doing something in the match and, and, and taking advantage in the match. So I liked that whole thing. Um, I don't know. I don't really want to go through it move for move because I don't know how long they go for, but there's not a huge amount going on. There is a lot of Matt trying to take advantage um, and bend the rules a little bit. The heel mm-hmm. tendencies and Lita calling it 100% down the middle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Here's a technical question for you. If a if a wrestler gets hung upside down in the tree of woe um, position in the turnbuckles, mm-hmm. do you recall the referee having to then get the person off and pull them out? Are they required to? Is that like them holding on the rope? So I don't. I think the, the announcers kind of explain it as when a guy gets to the ropes, you have to break whatever you're doing, so you can't attack them while they're in the ropes. Right. Um, but yeah, it's, it's not the kind of thing that you hear picked up on very often uh, when it when it doesn't suit the story. Um, I suppose if they do a co- if they're in a collar and elbow tie up and they go into the corner, the referee counts to five and they have to mm-hmm. break, don't they? So I suppose yeah. it's the same as just he's upside down. Mm-hmm. I just let us try to get Matt off and. And Matt's getting pretty annoyed with her. Uh-huh. 
um, yeah, the one thinks he's just attacking him. The, 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 there was a few moments I noticed because obviously there is a lot of focus on Lita through the match, and mm-hmm. um, she. There's actually moments where, and I don't know. I assume these are all just seeds they're trying to plant, but like, there's points where Matt is doing, he's he's going for the knee of Jeff. Jeff's hurt his knee, mm-hmm. and it's quite prolonged attacks on the knee, and she looks quite torn. But but he's not doing Matt at the times isn't doing anything illegal. But it's just watching this two brothers and yes i'm with that one but we've been a team for ages and she's selling the i think emotion of Mm -hmm. the situation and just being involved in this this fight um there's plenty of camera close-ups to try and sell that particular story uh she oversells on the emotion sometimes (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah the the as we're kind of I don't, when I look through my notes, I don't have a huge amount about moves. There is quite a lot about the knee, and Matt must have really focused right, right, on yeah. the knee uh, from a certain point. And yeah, you know, the reprimanding uh, Matt for what he's doing at times is uh, obviously central to the story. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got Matt trying to twist a fate from the top, Jeff holding on, and Matt going down to the mat. Which I think he's is kill right. That, you know, he's trying to do a twist to make, twist the fate of a toy. He's trying to kill his brother at this point. I've never <laughs> seen him try that with anybody else before. And then, uh, I think that actually leads us towards the the finish because Jeff right. hits the swanton bomb from the the top and covers Matt. Who, to be honest, I, like <laughs> I'd like to be fair to Lita here. I'd like to try, but but it looks to me. Like Matt's legs are already pretty much under the ropes, they which are. I don't think you're allowed to do either. I think no. she would have, if she was an experienced official, she would have said, "I can't count. You need to move them into the away from the ropes." Mm. So his but legs no. are under the rope. Then he gets his leg on the rope, and then Jeff pulls his leg off. I, I was, mm. I wondered if Jeff was supposed to pull his leg off. I, I assumed he wasn't supposed to pull his leg off. <laughs> I think it worked quite well because it meant that it was quite fleeting. He got his foot on the ropes, but then, you know, it maybe makes Lita look less like an idiot because he grabbed the leg and moved it away pretty quickly. Uh, Matt is not happy. He is not happy. I mean, you wouldn't be, would you? Yeah. Fight with your brother. Your girlfriend's essentially taking his side. Is this the pay-per-view when she's standing in the the aisle and someone's got a Lita as as a Dumas? Sign. <laughs> I didn't notice that. That's absolute genius. Whoever came up with that. Is it pronounced Dumas or is it pronounced Duma? I don't actually know. I always assumed it was Dumas because I think I've only ever seen it written. I don't think I've ever heard it said. Anyway, that's genius. It was a half decent match. It'd be interesting to go and revisit and, and see where it went. Because mm-hmm. um, you'd think they would capitalise, you know, like give them a ladder match. Maybe they could do like a Lita on a pole match or something like that <laughs> after this. Yes. No? No. no. <laughs> so, okay. Yeah, that, sorry, that phrase got me a wee bit. Okay. Uh, My apologies. <laughs> Talking of um, inappropriate and incredibly cringeworthy, we go backstage. We're in the Rock's locker room. Oh, he is getting himself pumped up for his big matches that he hopes are coming up. Um, and Trish pops in to wish him good luck. Um, they've kind of been teasing bits and pieces between these two on and off, I think, on SmackDown um, for a few weeks. And uh, 
I think she, does she go give him a kiss maybe? And the rock says, "Whoa, whoa, whoa!" <laughs> yeah, cuts it off. Yeah, he says, "After tonight, there'll be plenty of time for her to smell what the rock is cooking." But that is not what happens. What happens is he says, "There'll be plenty of time for you to smell what the rock is," and then he does this incredibly weird thing <laughs> with his hips. Almost like a suck it type thing, but like a kind of Elvis move <laughs> when he says is cooking. But Trish seems to like it, so <laughs> Yeah. I didn't really see this version of The Rock. It it doesn't really grab me that much. I don't think this promo helped. Nah. <laughs> I wonder if they'll cover that in Young Rock. I remember a time when I was trying to Impress a young lady, Randall. <laughs> <laughs> After too many, maybe it's because he'd had too many coffees from that fake mm. country that they've been. Yeah, anyway, possibly. Um, this was weird, and it, like, it's really difficult to recall the Rock doing sort of uncool stuff, but this was very uncool. Mm-hmm. God's sake, Dad, why did you do that sort of behaviour? Yeah. Uh, so next match we have got the tag champions the Dudley boys taking on the big show and Kane yeah so the, the, I don't recall the big show and Kane really being a thing no, you obviously don't either, either. No. Um, the brothers of destruction were a big thing throughout the invasion they were mm-hmm. very much their, their own thing yep. um, big show had to make do with kind of being put in various places um, mm-hmm. don't recall these two being a tag team. I don't know if it was a means mm-hmm. to an end as far as them squaring off against each other because that's essentially where this match goes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, They don't go long. But what I did quite like is that like Big Show and Kane just, were just wrecking them. Like straight yeah. up hammering them. Yep. Like I was like, this is going to be a squash. They're going to take the titles in like 30 seconds. I quite mm-hmm. like that. Realistic. Um, yeah. There was that. But then, sorry, go on. I know they wouldn't do this now. <laughs> there was a, a, a moment that I wasn't expecting when Big Show put Stacey oh, over dear. his knee. He did. I forgot Stacey was with the Dudleys. Yeah, so so did I until like when when they appeared on screen, because I don't think there was like a video package for this or anything. I mm. think you were just straight into this match. Um, and yeah, I think it is designed to tell a, a, a story that's going to go on between uh, Big Show and Kane. But yeah, I saw Stacey Keebler. I, th- I kind of thought, mm, they'll probably retain. It'll probably be, she'll do some in distraction, some kind. Um, but I, I did not I did not expect uh, Big Show's large hand to... Spanking. Yeah. <laughs> It was at this point in the pay-per-view where I was like, please, for the love of God, bring back Paul Heyman. The king is killing me. <laughs> He's so annoying. Yeah. I oh. wonder Vince loved him. You, you always hear yeah. that the that, um, the king never, ever got Vince in his ear. He's, he's probably uh-huh. essentially just a mouthpiece for Vince. Mm-hmm. I think he is doing exactly and saying exactly what Vince would like himself to be able to be out there saying. Thank God he never said anything about Jacqueline then during 
you, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. With the yep. titties. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> um, this this all sort of boils down to one instant because essentially Kane and Big Show are, are wrecking house. Um, Kane goes up to the top. I think is it. He goes up to the top yep. rope and tries to do his flying clothesline, but he hits Big Show after someone moves out of the way. This sort of derails the match for them, and instead of doing the 3D to Big Show, they just pick him up and dump him on the turnbuckle. Yeah. And that's enough. Yeah. It's an exposed turnbuckle, but... It is, yeah. Bit rubbish. Bit rubbish finish. Yeah, I was... When, when things started to go wrong between the Big Show and Kane, I was kind of expecting, like... A choke slam and then a walk away, and that's how the Dudleys then win the match or something like that, you know. Um, but yeah, it's yeah. I, I was I was expecting the three D, but then I suppose at the same time I was kind of also thinking, would Kane be pinned with a three D? Um, but then the move on the turnbuckle looked less impactful. I, I, I don't know. Mm, it was a bit rubbish. Yeah. Did you, did you know that the Usos do the three Ds? Their finishing move now. They do well, it, do they? Call it the one D. Oh, okay. Okay. Picked that up last night from them. A little highlight of them beating pinning Dominic Mysterio for the for their undisputed titles. I don't know who's in a tag team with her in that group, the Judgment Day. So uh-huh. I don't know. Yeah. Him and Priest, maybe. Him and Ballard. I don't know. Okay. Um, but yeah, there you go. Usos, 1D. I wonder how things like that happen. Like, do you think they have to ask ask for permission? I, do, eh? I would have thought it's probably the done thing. Like I'm, I'm sure there was a thing about uh, Kevin Owens did ask Austin before doing the um, the stunner or the mm. whatever he referred to it as. Um, they added a different element to it, didn't they? Like some sort of pop up element or something like that. Um, but yeah, I, I assume it's the done thing. To I would think so. To reach I'm sure out. Be- Becky uses the rock bottom now as well. Apparently, she got permission to use the rock bottom okay talking of the rock bo- rock's bottom we get another package for no i'm just joking um we do go backstage though and we see lita trying to apologize to matt why is she apologizing mm. stand up for yourself women that would not happen today we'd be saying she he's gaslighting her son of a bitch <laughs> anyway i mean i mean he did have his foot on the rope mm, that's a fair point <laughs> I do quite like that he's kind of just having a hissy fit and grabbing uh-huh. all his stuff and storming out. Yeah. <laughs> I think uh, when I saw that, I thought, oh, are we close to, like, version one here? Because uh, I, I like that. There's just something really entertaining about that character. That man could definitely slam a tornado. That's what that's what you're getting for that. Yeah. I think. Yeah. And the computer, I always like the computer doodly doodly do keyboard thing. Mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah, Matt. Yeah, that was cool. Now we come, Adam, to potentially my favourite match on the card: Ooh. The Undertaker, Big Red. I think JR refers to him as, or <laughs> Big Evil Red, or something weird yeah. like that. I think um, it is Big Red. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Taking on uh, Rob Van Dam for the Hardcore Championship. Um, so just to set the scene, 
this also revolves around kissing a 60-year-old man's ass. Um, the Undertaker, babyface throughout the invasion, were often told, we were often told by Michael Cole that he's the locker room leader, as if that means anything to anybody that doesn't read anything on the internet. Um, but we're constantly told that he was the full-on, like, I represent the WWF and all that sort of stuff. Um, we do, I take it we see some of the background stuff. We get a video package about Undertaker's heel turn. Yes. In advance yeah. this match. So. Basically, the, he's kissed Vince McMahon's ass for years, so everyone yeah. should, uh, yeah. yeah. And, and we get, we've had the whole thing where Vince tells JR to kiss his ass, mm-hmm. and Undertaker says, JR, were you going to kiss his ass? And he says, hell no, I wasn't going to kiss his ass. Which I loved. And the Undertaker says, you think you're better than me? And then he seals the heel turn by ramming JR's head right up Vince's ass. Like, it, yeah. 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 He's up there. Poor JR. Yeah. God's sake, man. Um, and this was, I think this might have been done in, where's JR from again? Uh, Oklahoma. Yes, I think this was done in Oklahoma. Such a lazy way to turn someone heel. It's like whenever they get somebody, they, they need to do something horrible to JR. Yeah. Austin whipping them with a belt and all that. I heard uh, Freddie Prince Jr. talking about the the sort of backwards logic Vince has in when somebody's in their hometown. It was quite quite interesting just to He's hear. Like, yeah, I mean, you uh, see... Freddie Prince Jr. was saying he, he can see the logic very occasionally because the fans are going to be like, it's our hometown guy, he's definitely going to win, he's going to do this, do that, and, that. and then, you know, swerve, but not just every single time. <laughs> Don't just bury, yeah, bury the guys every single time they're in their hometown. Um, so I quite like the whole thing about Undertaker saying he's been there for, I think at this point, a decade, and and nobody respects him and all that sort of stuff. I think it works. I think he worked as a a heel. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a bit different for him because he just he's especially been through this invasion as this sort of uh, leader as uh, of some sorts. Yeah. So so I quite like this. They should have changed his music. I'm sure he still comes out to rolling on a motorbike. Like people are. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. But, and they made him cut his hair apparently to make him look less cool. <laughs> Is that how it works? Apparently. I must be the coolest man in the world. <laughs> Me and Attilio Lombardo. Anyway. Um, the thing that I loved most about this whole thing was the hardcore gimmick is out the window and they treat the hardcore championship just as essentially as like a non-DQ belt. Yeah. And it gives them the opportunity just to have a non-disqualification match. And a non-disqualification match is exactly what they had, and it's an absolutely brilliant match. What do you think? I I enjoyed it more than I expected to. Um, I I I think I'm with you on the the Undertaker storyline just now because I can make it make sense in my head. It makes sense. Is um, you you can find a reason to turn this guy, but it's not. Him being a chicken shit, it's not, um, you know, him just deliberately randomly screwing the baby faces or whatever. He's he has his reason, and and I mm-hmm. like that. And uh, yeah, yeah it, it made sense. And I suppose looking at where we are 
we're about to go into a tournament where I suppose everyone's going into it thinking Austin or Rock are going to win the undisputed mm-hmm. title, and you probably need some really established heels, and you do anyway, um, kind of on the on the other side of things. So yeah, no, I, th- I, I I thought it made sense. There's only one thing that annoys me, and it always annoys me in these matches: the what? trash cans. That just look like tinfoil and they crumble like they're tinfoil. And I yeah. can't look at them and believe that anything that's being done with any of them hurts. They're proper Looney Tunes stuff, eh? Dunk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And it, it, I don't know why it's always the trash cans, but they take me out a wee bit every time I see one used. I'm like, ah, oh, okay. So, uh, I think um, we've not spoke about RVD yet. I, I feel like, I think we've spoken in the past. I, I want to say. Royal Rumble '98. We get Shawn Michaels versus Undertaker. Is that right? That's when he ruins his back, isn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think we said that these two really work well together. And I think we've always mm-hmm. said Taker does his best work with sort of smaller guys yeah. that can bounce around him. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like I don't know if these two went on to have more matches, but I'd like to see more matches between these two. They felt like they had really good chemistry. Yeah, it did. It worked. And I think quite often we've seen RVD with quite, like, I don't know, samey matches. He goes mm-hmm. through his repertoire and that's kind of it. I did like him being involved in the hardcore title picture because I think it gave him the opportunity to do some different stuff. And maybe what was in my mind as well was maybe do a few of the things that he was doing in ECW, but wouldn't be doing as part of his repertoire in normal WWE matches. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I thought it was a good fit. I thought it was a good matchup. I thought they uh, they did have good chemistry, uh, the two of them. I think you're right in what you say about Undertaker. We're so used to seeing them opposing whoever the other monster was. Um, and some of those matches were good, but when you see him in with a, a guy that can take bumps for him and uh, make everything the Undertaker's doing look pretty impressive. Um, mm-hmm. He's, he's kind of, I don't know, it's like he gets this aura back about him, about him just being this really tough guy that could absolutely destroy you. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Um, most of this match takes place outside the ring. Uh, RVD gets quite a surprising amount of offence in when they are in the ring to start off with, which I was quite surprised with. Um, but a lot of this is spent outside the ring, fighting in the crowd and up on the stage. Uh, at one point, RVD gets a little bit offensive and then climbs away up. What would you What would you describe that as? He climbs away up into the crowd. Mm-hmm. Um, um, it's the like stairs. a yeah platform above. Uh, a, it's like a vehicle entrance or something like that. Yeah, um, and I thought, what on earth is he going to do here? I couldn't. I couldn't see how he comes off that because Undertaker is getting to his feet, mm-hmm. um, but he just does like a flying crossbody. But it's really cool. Yeah. Uh, they fight through up onto the stage around the sort of back area, almost like roundabout gorilla position uh-huh, type area. Yeah. You can uh, see like behind the Titan Tron for quite a uh-huh. while. You can see the back of it, which I thought was a bit, a bit different from anything I'd seen before. Yeah, you feel like you're seeing things that you shouldn't really mm-hmm. see. Yeah. Um, a bit novelty. We get some cool things. We get rolling, RVD hits a rolling thunder on the stage. Um, some really big chair shots from Undertaker and RVD. Uh, there's a point where Taker goes to hit him with the last ride 
and as he's lifting him up, RVD grabs onto some of the scaffolding that's mm-hmm. a part of the the stage, which is yep. like totally different and mm-hmm. uh, really cool. Um, we get some good bits where the, I think he he does the whole. I think JR refers to it as a Van Damineer, but Van I don't Damineer. think it is the yeah. Van Damineer. But it's that kind of running, jumping with the chair and just sort of uh-huh. kicking it in his face, which is cool. Yeah. Um. But eventually finish comes, RVD goes to do the whole throw the chair at him for him to catch it and hit him with the, the spin kick. Undertaker doesn't fall for it, whacks him and uh, chokeslams him off the stage through two tables. Looks like quite a brutal bump. Yeah, usually when folk come off the ramp, it doesn't look like it's that bad. You know, it, it looks like they've landed some on mattresses and, or something yeah, like that. Yeah, and you kind of look and they are, they'll be fine, but... That looked like it hurt. That mm. that looked pretty dangerous, actually. RVD seems to fall like an orth- in an unorthodox way. Sometimes I feel like mm-hmm. his body seems to hit the ground in in stages, and he seemed to hit this table in stages. It looked or yeah. the two tables. Um, Taker jumps down and gets the three count. We've got a new hardcore champion. Yeah. I think it's all pretty refreshing and cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that was good fun. Um, good spot for the two of them while this is going on. You know, I suppose you, if you were thinking that at any given era you would have like a top four in a title tournament, you'd maybe be looking, thinking, well, what's what's Undertaker doing? Um, mm-hmm. Probably he and Triple H would have been the two that you would look at and think hmm, that's a bit odd. I think I imagine Triple H would have been in this uh, had mm-hmm. he had he been fit and healthy at the time, but. Yeah, it's a, it's a good spot for him that I didn't end up thinking, oh, he should have been in this title picture. I think that was the right kind of placing for him here. I think the the whole respect thing must go on to him feuding with Flair, because I want to say WrestleMania yeah. 18, we get Flair versus Taker, and we get that brilliant Arn Anderson spinebuster where he slips <laughs> in and, and hits Taker when he's coming off the ropes. Yeah. Yeah. So I think right. that must be where that goes. RVD obviously goes to the Intercontinental yeah. title side of things. So yeah. um, those are both quite decent sort of pathways that they've got going on for mm-hmm. both of them. Yep. Um, okay, we go backstage to the second um, flare in his office scene. Uh, Jericho comes in and yeah, it's, it's kind of like take two as far as the, this little runt baby face uh, this little runt heel saying he's going to win and going to be better than Flair and Flair saying okay okay that's cool yeah well that, that was brilliant good that's on you it. little buddy it's, it's, <laughs> there's one where he, he definitely says to his like, more power to you you, yeah. you go and get it done and I, I just like started laughing at that point so Jericho is referring, I think Jericho's referring to himself as the living legend um, yeah. at this point, and apparently this uh, gets him sued by Larry Spisco. <laughs> yep. And, and WWF is sued by Larry Spisco. I'm sure if they gave Larry Spisco a job that he may not have sued them. That, that might have got away, yeah. I was. It's not long ago, I was just reading something about that, um, and he was saying that he didn't, he didn't blame Jericho for it. He's saying the lines he's being fed, but he was not happy with the WWE for for uh, getting him to say that. That's hilarious. <laughs> what an inflated ego you must have to think, like, they should have thought of me. It's mm-hmm. like Flair with the, the man, the Becky Lynch mm-hmm. thing. 
Yeah, he wasn't happy with that at all either, was he? So <sighs> funny. Like they played. I mean, there was a Nature Boy before there was Flair, wasn't there? Uh huh. Yeah. Buddy Rogers. Was it? Yeah, I think that's um, right. Funny. So that takes us to our next match in the card. No much build up for this one, Adam. <laughs> no recap packages for this one. Um, women's <laughs> champion, Diva champion. I don't know if it, what it is at this point. Trish Stratus uh, taking on Jacqueline. Um, I think. I think that Trish maybe kicks her full on by mistake and Jackie gives her a receipt in this match. That's about yeah. the big thing that I took from this. Did you do you think that? Yeah. I I remember seeing it and thinking, Oh, I don't think that was uh, quite quite as planned. There were a couple of moments that I thought looked quite stiff. There's one where Trish is like sitting up on the mat and Jackie hits her with one of those low drop kicks to the head mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. that looked nasty to me <sighs> apparently Trish is pretty uh, fresh as far as uh, uh-huh. getting in the ring is concerned here yeah I, th- I think um, she's one of them that ended up getting the respect because put in the work to improve as a worker and all that but maybe wasn't too fondly thought of when she first appeared by by some of the the, re- the uh, women wrestlers. Uh, in mm-hmm. And Jackie's a, a territories wrestler, mm-hmm. I, th- I think. She's yeah. um, probably well respected as far as the wrestling's concerned. Yeah. I hate that bulldog thing that Trish does as a finishing move. That it's a bit like, yay, woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> really bothers me. Anyway, Trish retains um, after what probably must have been about two minutes. Yeah. Uh, okay, we go into. Is this where we go into the whole kiss my ass yep. package? This is it. Um, yeah, we get quite. A, if you were to split that into the build up between Jericho Angle, Austin and Rock, and the Vince stuff, the stuff mm-hmm. between the four guys and the, the whole video package, the fa- uh, four four three two one type stuff, four competitors. I can't remember what it all is, but um, mm-hmm. it's really cool, really good. Yeah, but the kiss my ass stuff just is almost like this is the storyline. Yeah, I want to say that these four have had matches throughout the invasion period. Yeah, it looked like it. Yeah, uh, Jericho Rock definitely. Uh, I remember having matches over the WCW title. Yeah, um, and Angle Austin had quite a cool storyline, pretty much mm-hmm. all the way through. Um, yeah. The cowboy hats and uh, flip flopping between uh, the alliance and the team WWF and all that sort of stuff. Angle and Austin were good together. Yeah, yeah, in absolutely. the ring and and more uh, so backstage. It, it just worked. It 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 clicked. I like. I I don't know that I've ever seen someone take to things the way Angle did in the. I mean, this guy was like a super serious Olympic wrestler, and he's he's then doing these little skits with Austin, wearing his stupid little cowboy hats and stuff like that. I suppose he he had he he had funny stuff with Edge and Christian earlier yeah. on as well. Yeah. Um, so it's obviously something he he just took totally naturally to. Um, but yeah, and and Austin much as always preferred the the serious uh, rattlesnake. Don't trust anybody, uh, sort of side of things. He, 
he could be he could bring the funny as well. Oh, it's hilarious. Do you remember not that long ago we shared a video um and it was Vince uh, hyping up Team WWF yeah. for one of the invasion matches and it, Austin's just repeating things that he's saying. Yeah. So funny. Is that the one where does Jericho not start to lose it a wee bit? Uh, it looks he, like he's yeah, still he, laughing. He, he can't keep himself together at a point. Undertaker's like, shut up, man. He's like, oh. Austin then looks at Angle and he's like, shut up. <laughs> so funny. Really, really good. I think, uh, yeah, Austin should be strung up for the watch chant still going on in 2023, but uh, at the time, it was good. It was funny. He, I mean, he clearly didn't think it'd catch on the way it did after just... Was it Was it not Christian that he phoned, like, in his car one yeah, day? Yeah. Just like, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it. And they're like, ah, yeah, whatever. And, and if anyone else had done it, I suppose it would have fallen totally flat. But... That's the thing, like, a, a writer couldn't have come up with that because, yeah. you know, they've been like, what is, what is that like? <laughs> a lot. I, I do quite like the whole... The organic things that get over are the best. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, this is our the start of our tournament to crown the undisputed champion. Uh, to kick us off, we've got the WWF title on the line. We've got our WWF champion, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Um, a little a little thing bef- before we we talk about that. I, I want to say the night after the invasion ends. Uh, when Team WWF win at Survivor Series, Vince tries to take the title off Austin. Um, and that's when we get the whole Ric Flair returning thing. And essentially, that is it. Austin is no longer a heel. He's a babyface now, and he's back to feuding with Vince. And it's just, forget the last seven months, eight, nine months. I've, um, I've definitely heard it talked about on, on podcasts where, I think it would have been Bruce Pritchard's, where that was Vince's attitude. Like, that this has been horrible, but just bury it, move on. It's reset, restart. That needles me so badly. I hate that. Yeah. It's such a waste. Uh-huh. Such a waste. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, WWF champion Stone Cold Steve Austin taking on Kurt Angle. And this, I think you, you said it earlier, this feels important now. I feel like we've went into a different part of the pay-per-view and now we're in like the important bit. Yeah. Um, we get. I, I feel like I, w- I would watch more matches between these two. It'd be nice to go back and, and watch yeah. some of their matches mm-hmm. from this time. Um, we get some Austin actual straight-up wrestling. I sort of oh. peek back into to what it used to be like before the knees and the neck. Um, yeah. We got a really intense start between the two of them. Big, strong collar and elbow tie-ups in the corner. A lot of chops from Austin. Uh-huh. Yeah. Which I don't really... Is that like a normal thing not, that he does? Not really. I mean, it's usually... When it became brawling Austin, it was usually punches and kicks. Mm. That that was kind of the, the main part of the repertoire. I hadn't really remembered him doing many chops. Quite early in the match after a series of takedowns and an angle bailing out and then takedowns by angle and Austin bailing out. Angle goes to the ankle pretty early. Yeah. Um quite similar to that match that we talked about with Ben Why he, he's not shy in going for that ankle look mm-hmm. early. Um he starts working on Austin's legs. 
uh, in a wee callback to WrestleMania 13, he slaps the the figure four, or is it five? He slaps figure four, figure on, four around the around the post. Pole, yeah, I was, I've put in my notes Bret Hart classic. Uh, yeah. He probably would have approved of of it being used in a match between these two. I would have thought. Um, I don't. I don't yeah, know that I'd ever seen anyone else do it. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think when I was listening to Bruce Pritchard talk about this, he says he can see how green Angle still is um, in this match, which is was really surprising. But he was saying like if you didn't know to look for it, you wouldn't see it. Okay. But there's times where like you can just see Austin walking him through the match um, right. and where he didn't really pick up on cues to capitalise on things but okay. I, if I'd listened to it before watching it maybe but mm-hmm. I, I really enjoyed this match I thought it was really good I was surprised yep. to see Austin taking so many German suplexes uh-huh. and I wonder again is that you know is there a level of trust there I imagine he wouldn't let a lot of people do that mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, anything where he's landing neck type area, shoulder type area, you would think he just wouldn't do. But yeah, it was it was good to see because I feel like we didn't see an awful lot of that. Um, and I feel like they, they match up really well, but now can't think of many times having actually seen them have like a one-on-one wrestling match. There must mm-hmm. be plenty out there. Uh, they must have, have, have had a few matches. Yeah, there's something I'd definitely be keen to, to have a look at. I'm sure they remember the King of the Ring when Booker appeared out of nowhere and, and dropped Austin through the table yeah. and supposedly hurt him. Was that was that Austin Angle? Oh, it might was it a triple threat maybe? Benoit Angle and Austin or something yeah, like that. Yeah, I think that might be right, yeah. But I we could go back and, and see some of them. Um Yeah, like I say, uh, the, the the German suplex is interested to see Austin taking them. A, a lovely overhead belly to belly, something you don't really see, Austin, you know that sort of thing getting done to Austin, uh-huh. um, getting essentially thrown about the place. Uh, five German five. suplexes Austin, <laughs> yep, does uh, during his his big comeback. He hits the the Luthes press spine buster, and, and these five German suplexes really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, he gets two, two. That's when we start getting the, the close close finishes at that point i was uh i was loving it when i was seeing him do the germans because again it's not his style it hasn't been his style for a long time but it was almost like uh the, the sort of character he was almost like uh i can do this too i'm, I'm gonna show <laughs> you i think you know i'll do my bit uh, almost like a a middle finger up at angle uh, yeah. which i don't know it just it kind of worked it just played into the character and the dynamic uh, and uh, almost as soon as um, Austin's got that really close fall there, two and three quarters, mm-hmm. Angle hits a low blow on Austin and then hits the Olympic slam. Uh, and I I knew that Jericho Austin was the finalist match, but I also thought that this uh-huh. this was the end of this match. Uh-huh. Uh, but Austin kicks out really late and from there hits a stunner and, and Angle sells it like an absolute dream. Mm-hmm. He just falls straight back on his back um, and that's it one two three austin retains good good match I, I i remember watching this when i was young and younger and being hmm. convinced it had to be an austin rock final 
because mm-hmm. you know they're the two biggest stars slightly more mature mind i can see why you maybe wouldn't go down that route but i do remember when this match ended being like okay that's you know that's what i expected yeah Mm -hmm. um which makes the rest of it quite interesting Mm -hmm. um so you would think that after that we might get a bit you know like jr and king maybe talking (sighs) through that match and then we're it's almost like first semi-final over let's talk about the next one, or let's go straight in it. But we go backstage and we get Trish in her towel in her locker room. Um, and we get the king of the testicles test barges into her locker room and he's being outrageously creepy and doing the whole, like, come on, babe, you know you want some sort of behaviour. You're going to say what he said, yes, please. Did he say? I I wrote this down, but I think I wrote it down after it had been said. So let's see if I got this right. Once you've had test, you never want the rest. Yep. Yep. Wow. That's up there where I'm Paul Bearer and you're not, or whatever it was that he used to say. (laughs) This was horrible. Horrible. Yep. Yep. What on earth are they thinking with this? I mean, like. Obviously, well, I would hope you wouldn't do this now. I get wanting to get Tess some heat of some kind. Um, this doesn't, it doesn't do it. It just makes you kind of want to switch off and stop mm-hmm. watching the creepiness. Especially when you're in the middle of a <laughs> tournament for the undisputed title and here's old rapey Tess behaving <laughs> completely inappropriately. Again, you have to wonder who's at the creative end of this yeah. sort of stuff. Eh? Um, so, after that, it's thankfully off our screen. We go to our next matchup, second semi final sort of thing for the WCW title. I think they're referring to it now as a world heavyweight yeah. uh, title. Um, Chris Jericho versus the WCW champion, The Rock. Um, and I liked the dynamic of the previous match being very intense and slow starting, whereas this match, both of them were really, it was a really, really quick start. Um, Them both flying back and forward, arm drags from both of them. Um, I really liked that. And I was surprised to see how much, uh, you know, like they end up, what they end up doing with Jericho after this is, is like, he turns into what the Miz kind of is, like ah. this chicken shit nonsensical heel that's picking Stephanie McMahon's dog's shit up and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But he gets a lot of offence in this match. He like does. a lot, a lot. And they mention a couple of times that he's had wins over The Rock. Um, and I feel like like watching this back now, it feels like they are, we, we know what happens with the title in the end, but it feels like they're, in the middle of giving him a massive push, mm-hmm. which just makes it really weird the way it goes after this event. It, it, yeah. They've just massively failed to capitalise on what they've built. So from uh, Jericho's book, The Rock is his favourite ever opponent. Really? Okay. Seemed to do a lot of matches together when they were touring. Uh, matches right. that weren't seen on TV, they seem to have a blast together. Uh, and he oh, he describes Rock as being uh, really given and really humble and all that sort of stuff. So that's quite cool wee insight mm-hmm. um, into things. What what do you think of this match overall? I want to say that this is the highest rated match on the card. Let me oh, just really? check that. Okay. Uh, yeah, four star match. This. Okay. 
I thought it was a decent match. I went into it because we now know what happens, and I, I had it in my mind that there's some sort of interference or a dodgy finish, and I thought. Is this just going to be Rock dominates this entire match and then gets screwed? Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was my expectation. Thankfully, you know, you talked about before that he gets a lot of offense in Jericho. And it, in match, it feels like for the majority of it, he's being positioned as Rock's equal, mm-hmm, uh, which, which I liked. And, you know, if, if Rock fed into that with, you know, being a, a giving opponent, then, then great. I thought it worked. I thought... Um, I, I sometimes get a bit bored watching rock matches. Like <laughs> there's, there's he's got a few moves and he he executes them fine. He oversells in an annoying way at times. Yeah, um, but I did, yeah, I thought I thought this was decent. I thought um, there was enough. Like what you talked about at the start, the fast pace of this start contrasting with the slower, more measured pace of the first semi-final. Um, and the, quite a lot of quite a lot of wrestling in this, it felt like, um, mm-hmm. at, at a slightly higher pace. Um, yeah, I, was, I was pleased as I was watching it, and I don't know if part of that is just because what I was fearing uh, in the build-up, <laughs> and probably knowing what they did to champion Jericho after the event, maybe fed into that, like this is... A fluke and it's perceived as should never have happened but yeah no i i, I enjoyed it I would, i'm not sure i would have said it was my favorite match on the card but i thought it was a decent match yeah there's, there's some good bits and pieces um i like the the, tur- the not turnbuckle stuff the the announcer table stuff uh-huh. i think we have jericho clearing it off he goes to give rock the rock bottom on it rock reverses and he DDTs Jericho through the table. That's pretty mm-hmm. high impact stuff. Yeah. Uh, there was, oh, I think it was just maybe in the build up to this before the counter. There's some stuff Jericho does that I really enjoy. There's points he's slapping the rock in the face and calling him a son of a bitch. And it, it's just, I don't know, it, it drags me in. I like things like that. I like these little, you know, the, the heel just doing things like that. It's not over the top. It's not, mm-hmm. you know, ridiculous. You don't look at it and think well, somebody wrote that for him. You know, he's, he's just being a heel and mm-hmm. being, I think, caught up in the moment and aggressive and things like that. Um, just some little things I was picking up as the match was going. I like that. I like the, I've always liked the, come on, baby, when he does the the really arrogant foot on the chest pin. <laughs> it's never going to get, but it's just, and the ask him, as well yeah. yeah he always does the ask him it can be a chin lock 30 seconds into the match and he's, he's screaming to ask him brilliant it's all good heel stuff eh? uh-huh. it's, it's, uh, it's like disrespecting his opponent disrespecting his uh, the referee mm-hmm. I like it. Um, this all brings home the whole kiss my ass storyline that has been that we've been hit over the head with throughout this pay-per-view it was always gonna and yeah you need to keep the rock strong mm-hmm. uh, you need to um have a reason for jericho beating him um so here it is vince eventually but but actually sorry before we get to that i think rock goes for a sharpshooter yeah jericho reverses it and puts on his own sharpshooter and i think it might be the shittest sharpshooter i've ever seen in my life <laughs> he looks like he's taking a dump uh-huh. He's um, 
their body positions aren't right. Like there's something wrong with the way Jericho's holding him, and he's like, it's like mm-hmm. the rock isn't elevated enough. And then Jericho's, I don't know, he, yeah, it 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 was awful. It looked terrible. And, and rocks, rocks playing it like he's passing out, and I'm uh-huh. thinking, yeah, no passing out for that. Like <laughs> <laughs> no chance. Um, anyway, uh, we get Vince. I think Rock gets on top, hits the rock bottom. Here comes Vince. He's going to hit the people's elbow, uh, and he Vince jumps up on the apron. Rock pulls him in. Him, just a funny wee daft thing. When Vince comes over the top rope, he, he almost gets his head caught on the bottom yeah. rope. Yeah, and um, I, I watched the uh, what do you call them? Broken skull sessions that mm-hmm. Jericho was on with Austin, obviously, um, just the other day there. And uh, Austin makes a, a comment about that. He's like, oh, Vince always gets caught in the bottom rope whenever he gets pulled in like that. It must be a thing. <laughs> um, so so Rock pulls him in, and uh, this gives, I think he maybe gives him the rock bottom, gives Jericho the opportunity to hit the uh, low blow as yep. the rocks come back towards him. He hits a really cool-looking rock bottom. Yep. Like an excellent, excellently executed uh, Rock Bottom, and he gets the win. Yeah, I liked it, and I liked. Um, I quite liked that he used Rock's move. It, it, it felt. I don't like it when it's overdone, but it felt kind of right here. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Arrogant and Healy. Ah, uh-huh. and you need. You know, he's about to face Austin in the final. He, you know, if you weren't sure enough going in that he was the heel, then just ram it home that little bit mm-hmm. more. Um, and also, I, I was thinking you—you've actually—they very rarely do this, but with the order of matches, with the babyface winning first and then having the gap, you've actually put the heel in a really vulnerable position, which is rare. Mm-hmm. You would normally mm-hmm. have the babyface having to overcome all the odds, um, so I, and just as something different, I quite like that. I quite liked the odds are kind of stacked against Jericho here. Uh, I, I like that side of things. And I suppose they make up for it by they've had Angle work on Austin's leg. So yeah, almost immediately after the three count, the glass shatters and Austin comes, but he's limping down. Yep. Um, and then we get a further equaliser because Angle appears and smashes Austin with a chair. Yep. And then Rock rolls in and smashes Jericho with the rock bottom. Uh, and then the bell is rung. And the, the match starts with them both down. Which I quite like. It's a good storytelling. They've both had difficult matches. Both their opponents have been annoyed, feel like they've been screwed, uh, and come back in and get their get their revenge. There's only one thing I didn't like about that spot, but it was later on that I didn't like it. See, when both men are down, the ref starts a count, and then there's a point later on in the match where King, I think, is calling for a count when both men are either down or out of the ring. And JR's like, gotta have a winner, you know. And I thought, well, you weren't shouting that ten minutes ago. Um, and what would happen? Come on. What would have happened if he'd counted them both just down on the mat? Do you know what? I wouldn't be. That wouldn't. Have, that would not have been a surprising finish. <laughs> True. The winner of the Royal Rumble is the new undisputed champion. Yeah, that worked out all right. The last I was going to say the last time they did it. I don't know if they've done it since. It is at this point with both guys down, the crowd start going, 
Triple H, Triple H. Yeah. Poor, poor guys. Yeah. I, imagine being sold on that though. You like everything sledgehammer related. Uh-huh. You see the poster. The poster's probably on the ticket mm-hmm. with this person on it, and then yeah, yeah. Very, very uh, typical of being a wrestling fan. That being let down again and again. Anyway, um, I think we get both guys up on their feet, and, and Jericho starts to get on top of the match um, for the most part um, until Austin can kind of explode out of nowhere. As he does take a lot of beatings in his match, Austin, yeah, yeah. and then mounts the big comeback. Um, Austin does something I've rarely seen him do, which is on the outside. He starts pulling up the the mm-hmm. uh, the pads. Yep. He's going to try and suplex Jericho on the on the concrete. Jericho tries to suplex Austin off the Spanish announce table on the concrete, which is nuts. I love yep. that. <laughs> uh, and then we get the spot where he tries to hit him with the, the walls. On the, on the on the table as well, yeah. Um, but Austin kicks him off, and and he's the one that gets this, he suplexes Jericho onto the concrete. We're getting a lot of ask him, ask him when they're back in the ring. He's got <laughs> from an arm bar, yeah. <laughs> one of his one thousand and four holds, um, and and then eventually gets the walls on. Uh, and smack bang the centre of the ring and this had me thinking about Austin passing out to the sharpshooter uh, again, what was that? Yeah. That was WrestleMania 13 isn't it? Yep, again Yep, that's right um, but he eventually makes the rope then we get we're go, we're going to eye rolling territory Hebner gets taken out again I think Jericho yeah. comes off the ropes and does his sort of diving forearm and, and takes out Hebner Um and then the Gaga starts. <laughs> yeah, did, did you notice uh, Jericho hits a low blow and then a stunner? And there, there was that, that little moment in my mind where I was thinking, does he beat The Rock and Austin back-to-back using their moves on them? Um, but yeah, I think he's just done that. He goes for the cover, but the ref's down, and then we see Vince walking down with uh, Nick Patrick. With Nick Patrick, yep. And... Uh... Patrick shouting at Jericho to cover Austin, and you're kind of thinking like, "What? Where, where, where does your where's that loyalty come from?" And there's not like a Jericho Vince alliance, but there's I guess they're both trying to screw Austin and the Rock. So I suppose it was like because it had been leaning so heavily into the Vince against Rock in the build up to this, because you know it was him that humiliated. Uh, McMahon mm-hmm. um, you're, you're kind of I suppose relying on well Vince has always hated Austin he's you know he's, they, they've had this incredibly long running storyline um, but yeah I, I, I was uh, I was thinking I was trying to think in my mind I mean Nick Patrick was in WCW Jericho was in WCW are they trying to create some kind of link but nah it's just Vince's guy that he's clearly told guys. what to do and I'll pay you this if you count those shoulders down, pal, type thing. Yeah. Um, Austin eventually gets back. Oh, no, sorry, we get Flair. Flair comes out yeah. as well. Uh, Vince levels him. 
with a punch on the outside. Uh, Austin comes out and, and beats up Vince. Yeah. Gets back in and, and starts taking it to Jericho. He puts Jericho in his own finishing move. He puts the yeah. walls Jericho on Jericho. Yeah. Um, and then you see all the fans standing up and looking over towards JR and King and, and Booker T appears out of nowhere and smashes Austin over the head with the belt and the crowd goes mild. <laughs> One, two, three, Jericho wins. We've got a new undisputed champion. It's the probably the person that nobody thought mm-hmm. would be the champion. Um with the exception of a supermarket brawl, where does Austin and Booker T go? God, I'm not sure because Booker T's in against Edge uh, at the next Mania. At, at the Royal Rumble, it's Jericho v Austin for the title. Right, so it doesn't really go anywhere. Uh, that that, um, that supermarket <laughs> brawl is awesome and pretty <laughs> iconic, but it just seems. You just wonder if they do these things on a whim, mm-hmm. and and then pull it again. No, it's not going to work. Pull it. Yeah. In in hindsight, I think I would have liked to have seen Jericho. He is competitive. He's competitive all through both matches. But to get at least say one of the wins clean, mm-hmm. um, it's not taking a loss. Isn't going to hurt an Austin or a Rock. Their main event <laughs> any time. That, that you want to put them there. Um, so yeah, I think you could have... I understand the reason for putting the belts on Jericho. You're you're elevating a guy. You're creating another main eventer if they'd done it right and actually made him competitive uh, following this. That would have made complete sense to me. Um, but I think it, it could have just added that little bit. It didn't matter in the end with the way they used him, but it would have added that little bit extra had they had him when at least one of the matches clean. Yeah. Yeah, maybe make Rock tap out and then get a, a helping hand against Austin or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's really rubbish to think how he was then used. Like fair enough have him align with Stephanie um when Triple H comes back and Triple H obviously wins the Royal Rumble, but mm-hmm. he essentially jobbed to Triple H. Yeah. And became Stephanie's lackey. I think Jericho talks about in his book, he says that Stephanie, the graphic for WrestleMania 18, I think he's standing behind Stephanie um, on the match graphic. That's crazy. (sighs) Yeah. Yeah. It's a shame because, you know, you look at what his career has been and he could have been an even bigger player for them, I think. Um, Mm. Yeah. I liked him at this point. I, I liked heel cocky, silly Jericho. I liked when Austin was, I don't know if you remember, Austin was like sort of stalking him around the building at Raw. Yeah, I do. He's just, just going, what? When he's walking <laughs> past. Or like standing in his dressing room drinking a beer. Uh-huh. Just yeah. looking at him. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Things were cool. Um, I'd say to you, I'd quite like to see Austin win it and them do Triple H v Austin at WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. I think they had lots of possibilities as far as storyline, two-man power trip. Yeah. Uh, the way that Austin behaved during the invasion and Triple H had to sit and watch on TV as he's trying to recover. I think they had a lot of good stuff there, but 
I understand why they went with Jericho, but I would like to have seen that. I think. Especially when you know Austin's got, uh, Triple H has got the inbuilt alliance with McMahon. You know, it's it's there. It's a mm-hmm. family tie. He could very viably be the guy that's looking, saying, "Well, what the hell are you doing? We're at risk. Of, we were at risk of losing our company, and you're joining the other team. You know, mm-hmm. like it would have made sense. It would have made a lot of sense." And they were to they were together when when Tr- mm-hmm. you could even blame Austin for him getting injured. Yeah. Um, what was our thing? Our thing that they went through the whole like Triple H and Stephanie. Uh, Splitting up and uh-huh. and him yeah. throwing his ring at her and all that sort of stuff a bit cringy really when you think about it. Yeah, uh, I don't think Triple H really works. That Triple H doesn't really work as a a baby face. He's always going to no, get a baby yeah. face comeback pop when yeah. he could easily turn that oh, on yeah. his head. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think unless he's making dick jokes and shooting suck it, then he doesn't really work as a baby face <laughs> particularly. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. He was he was such a a valuable heel because you could have him up against anyone at the top of the card. So that was it. For me, I enjoyed this pay-per-view. I didn't think there was a bad match on it, maybe with the exception of the women's mm-hmm. title match, but it's certainly no, you know, at, at least it was a women's title match and it wasn't like a, a I think I think Trish and Stacey Keebler had, had like a, a gravy bowl match around about this time. I uh, don't know if you remember. So at least it was a wrestling yeah. match. Yeah, true. Um, uh, overall, I, I thought it was all right. I thought it was good, actually. I think it's always Would quite you... a good sign for a show when it doesn't drag when you're watching mm-hmm. it. It didn't mm-hmm. feel like it dragged. Um, I felt like it was quite well paced. Um felt like there was enough in terms of enjoyable matches. Good storylines as well. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily always paid off, but they had good storylines on the go through this show. When I think back to the, the Matt and Jeff story mm-hmm. um as well as you know the the title picture story um thought there was yeah. some good stuff going on in there yeah it was Take a good her. fun show isn't it crazy to think that within the space of this year that that this pay-per-view took place in they did a wcw invasion the wwf it was wrapped up you know that started after wrestlemania so i think uh-huh. it started in may that year it was wrapped up and they had crowned somebody an undisputed wcw and wwf champion all within the space of seven months yeah that is that's that's mad when you think about that and most of the players on the wcw ecw side were were wwf wrestlers yeah austin angle christian test yeah i don't know who else but yeah it's weird yeah, true. I can't, I can't help but think of the invasion, and we spoke about this loads, but such a missed opportunity. Yeah. It's the biggest missed opportunity of my lifetime mm-hmm. in wrestling. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, unless uh, AEW by WWE, it's, it's, you're never going to have this kind of size of opportunity again. It's, mm-hmm. uh, I can't imagine, to be honest, even if they did, you know, they're, they're, still a relatively new organization you had these two powerhouses yeah. that had gone head to head over the years and traded loads of talent like top tier talent and mm. uh, yeah they just kind of shat the bed with it uh, and now 
you would know everything that's going to happen before it happened as well yeah, because true. of the way that the, the internet yeah. works. It's just it's sad. It really is sad. Yeah. But at the same time, I could watch an Asian pay-per-view tomorrow and enjoy it. So, yeah. or, or that Survivor series or whatever. So, mm-hmm. yeah. True. So that was that was Vengeance two thousand and one. Um, a half a half decent pay per view with potentially some uh, there were some good things could have come out of it, but <laughs> maybe didn't. I did yeah. like when Jericho wore those sort of black and white chefs trousers and shirt combination when he was when he was walking about with those belts. Have <laughs> you? I think I maybe sent you uh, a clip of this actually. When Jericho was talking to Inside the Ropes and he talked about what happened after he won the belts. Yeah. yeah. He, he, he said, like, well, one, he said that he didn't know he was going to be getting, going to be winning it until the day of when when Vince said to take her in catering. You know how the wrestling business is going down the toilet when they put the title on Jericho mm-hmm. and Undertaker just laughing and Jericho's like, what does, does that mean? <laughs> so he had no family there, and he, he says that he wishes that he'd known he would have, he would have uh, mm-hmm. invited family. He drove to the next when he got backstage. There was nobody left. It was just him and Austin. Uh, he he drove to the next town, and when he got there, it was too late for food. So he ordered a Domino's, and he came out of his room to get his Domino's. The door locked behind him. The guy wouldn't let him back in, so that without ID, and he's like, "But my wallet's in my room." The guy for the hotel was like, "Okay, I'll go into your room. Tell me what's in there." And he was like, "See these two giant gold wrestling belts? <laughs> Those are mine. So you'll know that, that they're yeah. mine when you go in." Then he gets in and he drops his dominoes on the floor, and it's covered in hotel dust. He so, tells the story so well. Like, he does. He's a really good storyteller. Oh, it's one of the the funnier <laughs> anecdotes I think I've heard. Yeah. Um, so I that was vengeance. So the big question remains: Where are we going next? I asked you before we started recording if you'd picked, um, and you have. Were you influenced yeah. by vengeance with your pick? Let's find out. Where are we going? Right. We are going to 1997. Okay. We are going to WCW. Ooh. We are going to Starcade 97. Ooh. Now, there is a specific reason I have chosen this show. Okay. So I don't know how much you know. It's been it's been talked about quite a lot online recently because we must be just Ooh. past an anniversary of this. Right, right, right. So, uh, yeah, it was December 28th, 97. Um, so, yeah, just past the, oh, my God, is that 25 years? Jeez. Uh, okay, yes. best not think about that too much. But anyway, um, this is supposed to be like a culmination of the uh, the Sting comeback story mm-hmm. um, between him and Hulk Hogan. And, uh, cool Sting. Yes, right. and uh, you know everyone's got full expectation. This is this is him. He's going to go in. He's going to win the belt. Um, and then uh, there starts to be a little bit of panic um, about the. 
remember he didn't wrestle for a very long time. He would a be year. in the rafters and he'd be like yeah, yeah. coming down and holding his baseball bat at people and stuff <laughs> like that. So apparently turned up very much not in shape and uh, <laughs> and not this seemed to be a big sticking point with Eric Bischoff. Not tanned as well. Oh, he, he didn't like that. He liked his champions tanned. Um, so yeah, this uh, I believe the whole build is going to point the point at Sting will be walking away with the belt. Um, there's a few shenanigans I think going between the two in terms of how they go about eventually. I think getting the belt off Hogan onto Sting and things like that. But yeah, um, I, I I'm I'm curious to see it just to see. Well, firstly, after hearing all that, what sort of states things actually in? Is it even noticeable <laughs> as a, a guy watching Farmer. this? Um, but yeah, I, I think there's a, a few things we can talk about around what happened as well. Is Bret Hart the ref? Hold on, I've got I've got a cage match. I've got the the card here, but this will be Bret's first WCW pay per view, is it? This will be yes. right after Montreal. Is this is this his first appearance? So he is a guest ref, but it's not in that match. Oh, he's okay. Do you want me to run down the card? Yeah, go for it. Yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. Uh, WCW World Cruiserweight title, Eddie Guerrero, champion against Steve Malenko. Yes. Yep. Thumbs up. Six-man tag team match, Ray Trailer and the Steiner Brothers with Ted DiBiase versus the NWO, Macho Man, Scott Norton and Vincent. What an odd yes. combo. Uh, Bill Goldberg versus Steve McMichael. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I hope that's a 30 second squash. Saturn versus Chris Benoit. No disqualification match. Okay. Buff Bagwell versus Lex. Okay. Big Rangers man, Lex Lugo. <laughs> uh, United States title match. Kurt Hennig, the champion, versus DDP. Nice. Decent. Uh, control for Monday Nitro match. Special referee Bret Hart. Larry's Bisco versus Eric Bischoff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Hollywood Hogan versus Sting for the WCW World Heavyweight Title fight match. Cool. Yeah. I'm game. So that I, feels I, like that's come out of nowhere. I don't like. Uh, I remember before my last pick having these options and ended up going for whatever it was I picked. And then when I was sitting down to think about this a couple of days ago, I couldn't remember what any of the options I'd even considered were. So I was starting from scratch. <laughs> And for whatever reason, just the chatter that there's been around because we've hit 25 year anniversary, I was sitting thinking to myself, have I actually seen this show? And I'm not sure I have. So I thought this right. would be quite good fun. I love, I love going back and watching some of these WCW pay per views because I don't, I don't know if we even got them on British uh, TV. Was it maybe on Bravo or something at WCW? I'm not sure, but ah, uh, possibly. Yeah, I, I mean, I remember the Nitros being available to watch, but I don't really remember about the pay per views. Aye, I've definitely never seen that. That's a great show. Excellent. Cool. A wee change as well, because I think we've been we've been WWF, WWE for mm-hmm. a wee while. So nice. Okay. There we go. Excellent. Right. Well, in two weeks' time, we shall discuss. Do you think it feels like it's been a long time since we last spoke about that that SummerSlam two thousand and four? Yeah, I do actually. It's only been two weeks, but it's maybe just with it being the start of the year. Yeah, uh, maybe. Yeah, it's yeah that that's that's gone pretty slowly actually. <laughs> I think I think we would be remiss not to mention Jay Briscoe's passing. So 
So rest in peace to Jay Briscoe. Yeah. Um, I see that they've got Mark Briscoe wrestling on Dynamite this week. Okay. Um, which seems a bit. I think he's wrestling Jay Lethal. They both wanted to do a tribute match. Okay. Um, okay. Seems a bit rubbish given that they were never able to get the Briscoes onto mm-hmm. onto mainstream beyond Ring of Honor, but um, yeah. hopefully they give them a good send off. It's very sad. Yeah. Hopefully. It is. Uh, one other thing I wanted to ask you is have you read that they're supposedly talking about not getting the rock for WrestleMania now and doing Austin Roman Reigns? Austin Roman Reigns, really? Like, I, I, you'd you'd told me about The Rock, um, and I, it's that thing where you hear it and you think, man, could could they be part of a story that he's not going to be there, um, and then ends up, you know, pushed too far and and accepts a challenge or something like that? But mm-hmm. it did sound like he's probably not going to be available to be there um which does leave you i think with a little bit of a problem not having watched too regularly but where you where you find a a really credible main event level guy that you can realistically believe is going to go in and end this incredible run um Mm -hmm. with, with the belt and i'd wondered if they would go sammy Zayn, who i think is generally impressing everyone with the work mm-hmm. he's doing mm-hmm. um and there's kind of a long-term storyline there that you can work with but there weren't all that many options that were occurring today, but austin is not one i ever even considered in my mind it's hmm. a odd one yeah. I, I saw a, a poster for elimination chamber which is the next pay-per-view after the rumble mm. i think the rumbles on sunday um right. and it's got sammy in one of the pods uh-huh. Um, so I guess they're going there. They've got Cody coming back. I think they said that mm-hmm. he'll be in the Rumble. Yeah. Uh, thanks for the spoiler. I'm, I imagine I'm just showing up. That would just be it's too much to to consider. Yeah. I heard them. Uh, I think it was maybe on Jeff Jarrett's podcast talking about like he's obviously worked as a booker and as a talent, and how he's talking like as a talent. I love a surprise. I love to hear the crowd reaction when, you know, somebody appears out of nowhere and the crowd mm-hmm. go wild and all that. But he says, but as a booker, I'm sitting there like, we could have sold more tickets. We could have got more buys. We could have, you know, WWE don't need that. I wouldn't have thought they'll get the yeah, buys anyway. People say. watch it on the yeah. network. But yeah, um, I can see like why at times over the years they haven't done it that way. Um but yeah, I, I, I miss the surprise entrant. I miss the surprise comeback. Yeah, same. Well, you watch the Royal Rumble. Uh, so, I'm, I'm, I might. I might. I, I love a Rumble. I think even when I've not been watching things all that closely, I've still watched the Rumbles. Um, I probably will. I don't know when I'll watch it. Um, definitely Roman be. versus Kevin Owens for the title. Okay. Is it? I take it it's a Sunday show. No, Saturday, I think. Is it Saturday? Well, that that makes it possible that I could end up watching it at some point on the Sunday. Um, yeah, I, I think I'll make the effort to watch it because sometimes the Rumble can draw you back in. Sometimes mm-hmm. you, you get enough in that to, to pull you back into the stories. What about you? Yeah, I'll probably watch it. I, I think they're always fun to watch. I, I think even if I've not been watching, I would watch a Rumble. Yeah. Um, it's fun, but the thing that I've not liked about the Rumble and 
in recent years as you get the the music hitting and you're like oh, do i recognize that music whose music is that <laughs> yeah yeah uh, the art of the the intro music seems to have been left in like the the 2000s or the mm-hmm. uh, the, the early 2000s yeah um i will see we'll see i would not be interested in austin i i didn't don't think i watched wrestlemania last year i think i've seen clips of austin kevin wins mm-hmm. um as much as I, I love austin i don't know it just feels a bit cheap just coming back every you know like the undertaker thing and yeah and the Rock to just come back at wrestlemania it's great to see austin back mm-hmm. um but nah don't think yeah. it's for me yeah it's not one that fills me with enthusiasm I always think with these guys in the right role and i'd always want it to be like getting over somebody who needs it you know mm-hmm. just uh, i spoke about that yeah yeah and um, so i do think there's a role for for someone like austin but i don't think it's this dolph ziggler versus stone cold steve austin mm. ziggler just flying about selling stunners all over the place bouncing off the roof <laughs> i don't know what i would make of that but yeah <laughs> Uh, I think the I think they've talked about Cena being at WrestleMania as well. Maybe Austin Theory, John Cena. I would watch Austin versus John Cena. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I think that'd be cool. Mm-hmm. That's that's equivalent to Hogan Austin. And you can um, put that on your banner and sell the show. You know, that's that's gonna appeal to a lot of people. You would have thought. Mm-hmm. You can't see me. What? You can't see me. What? <laughs> God. <laughs> Just didn't watch the build-up. <laughs> right, we shall talk Starcade in two weeks. You take Excellent. it easy. You Until too. Until then. Speak to you soon. <laughs>